welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life Podcast. What is going on, guys? Today we have a Q&A. It is jam-packed, as always. A lot of great questions. Um, and I went deep, so, so get ready for this one. Grab your notepad, because I go really deep into these ones. But I think you're going to like it. I do want to make a quick announcement before we jump in. This is your final chance to join the Tailored Life Challenge. The Tailored Life Challenge is going to be for the entire month of May. So it is May 1st through the 31st. It is a daily challenge. Um, and you're going to be locking in habits. We have three levels. Level one is equanimity, which is, uh, I'm going to literally read the definition for you. It's mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation. So the goal with level one is focus, right? If you're, if you're anxious, if you're stressed, if you want to just be more even killed, if you want to be able to control your emotions, your energy, your productivity, your focus, your clarity, this is the level for you. It is easy. It is quick. It's four simple steps that you will do every single day to lock in that focus despite the chaos that's going on around you in your world. Level two is resiliency. So we're going to add a couple things into that. So there's six habits with this one. We are still basing it off the steps in equanimity, level one, but we are adding to it. So we're adding two extra habits and action steps to just push you a little bit further and again, build resiliency in your mind, in your body, in your life. And level three is armory. And armory is eight action steps per day. So we're adding two more. And essentially what this is, is everything I just talked about and then some. We're gonna add your body into it. So we're not only gonna build your mind, build your productivity, create clarity, do all these things that we're talking about, your resiliency. We're gonna make you look good and feel good as a part of the journey, right? We want the aesthetic component as well, and that's armory. So the reason we did three levels is because some of you guys might not be ready to take on armory. Eight new habits, it's difficult, but there's gonna be some of you that have done challenges like this. You've done the challenge with me, you've coached with me, you've coached with somebody on my team, you've locked in a lot of these things from listening to podcasts, and for you, you might wanna accept that challenge, but no matter what, whether you're on level two, level one, level three, you're doing it right there with us, and we're all gonna be on different levels together moving through this challenge. So there's going to be something you can post on Instagram to, to tag us and to track your process. There's gonna be a private Facebook group that I will be going live in Every single Monday, like literally every single Monday, I will be going live to do a Monday motivation. We're going to have one to two coaches from my team going live every single week to provide more value, teach you things. You're going to get protocols, journal practices, PDFs. Like we put a lot into this and it is completely free. We're not charging you a dime. We originally did charge and we originally had a price plus a donation component for charity. And we decided to make this completely free because we just want to provide value. Um, the only thing that will cost money in, in this whole entire thing is at the end of the challenge, if you make it, if you get through the whole entire challenge and you want to buy a tailored life shirt, you can, we're not going to make any money off of them, but we're going to make them so that you can buy them and 
rock a cool shirt that says you fucking did it and you're a pro. Um, but other than that, it's completely free. We just want to give value. We want to change lives. And that's what this is about. So if you want to join the tailored life challenge, completely free of charge, uh, this is going to be round one. No idea if we're going to do this again in the future, um, but hopefully we get a good enough turnout to where it, it encourages us to do it again, and maybe you can move up in the ranks if you're starting with level one, and then you move to level two, and then you move to level three every time we run this challenge. But once again, click the link in the description. You just got to fill out your name and email so we can send you the documentation, get you in the Facebook group, um, and the challenge starts May 1st. So this is your last chance to jump in with us. I hope you take it seriously, and I hope I can help you create a tailored life. All right, another... Q&A this week, guys. Got a lot of good questions. As always. Um, get right into it. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. We uh, we got first question comes from Focus Fuel and Nutrition. It says, my legs grow so fast. As a female, not really looking for this. How can I train differently? As in, I know my training, larger compound lifts will improve my metabolism, but I don't want the girth. It's quads and posterior chain that grow. Struggle to lose body fat and legs and build muscle there so easily. Yeah, so I think there's there's a few things here. Number one, the I, I think saying that I know I need to lift do compound lifts to boost my metabolism is a misconception. Um, I think that when people say stuff like that, they're teaching off the parameter of it's just an uneducated view of the metabolism. So if we look at what the metabolism actually is, it's the engine or the operating system for every single cellular function that happens in the body. So your hair growing metabolism influences that. I, I'm sorry, for, for cell doing work and growing, but also just for any process in your body that needs energy, right? So digestion, uh, your hair growing, your nails growing, uh, skin recovering, muscle building, fat burning, brain thinking, uh, <laughs> body sleeping, like everything, you know? So I think that like for me to say like you need to do compound lifts for your, to, to boost your metabolism, honestly, me saying any type of exercise to boost your metabolism is kind of narrow minded because exercise is the smallest portion of what contributes to your metabolism, mm. which is crazy because and it actually makes sense because so so the two things that influence metabolism, which I could create a product for and sell you on, exercise, nutrition. I can sell you diet plans. I can sell you supplements. I can sell you training programs. I can sell you fitness equipment. And I can use metabolism to, to market that, right? Yeah. But what am I going to sell you to say, like, you should be healthier. You should sleep more. You should. Um, you can't sell exercise. You can't. Like, yeah. eat more calories, can't even really sell that to yeah. an extent. I mean, I guess I kind of do, <laughs> but I mean. You'd have to physically sell the produce. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that that's why we hear so much about exercise and supplements and stuff regarding metabolism. Now, it doesn't mean exercise doesn't boost your metabolism, but to say that compound lifts do, eh, it, it, realistically, it's like muscle and, and overall activity does. Mm -hmm. Technically, your knee is a bigger contributor, contributor to your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, than exercise like in the gym is. So us talking here, me walking around the office, getting on the phone, typing, thinking, um, everything, blinking, fidgeting, chewing, like all those things that I do throughout the day that have nothing to do with the gym, working out, those are a bigger contributor to my metabolic rate than exercise is, which is crazy, but they make up for way more portions of the day of movement, right? So um, I think like 
you just have to reframe that where it's like, really, you don't have to do those. You just have to exercise to be healthy, right? And build, you could build a lot of muscle without any compound lifts. So technically we could boost your metabolism more with other things if, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I think you have to, you have to think about your metabolism first from a standpoint of lifestyle in general, uh, health, physiology, activity, because that way you're not relying on this idea of just exercise boosts your metabolism, right? And you're not, and you're going to get more out of your metabolism by focusing on those other things anyway. So if you do that, now you're not so narrow, like narrow focus on like, I have to squat bench and deadlift to boost my metabolism. You're just creating a healthier life or a healthier metabolism overall. Overall. Then in your training, you can be more specific to what you do. Now, my guess would be if you do build more muscle in your legs or your posterior chain, it's simply because those body parts are stronger or you feel more confident with their strength so that you don't lift as heavy there, right? So for me, I'm pretty even portion between my upper body and lower body, but that's because actually my legs might even, it's hard to say because I've had back issues, but my point is, is like most females that say that they squat and deadlift heavy, be, be, uh, hip thrust heavy, and then you see their upper body work and they don't go that heavy or they don't do that much upper body work. And the reason your legs might grow faster or more effectively is simply because you're doing more volume on your legs. You might say, well, I train my upper body more frequently. Well, of course, but you're doing 10-pound lateral raises and 30-pound dumbbell rows at most, and you're doing 200-pound hip thrusts and deadlifts, yeah. right? You're doing more volume because oh, through weight and load. So with that being said, the easiest answer is lower the volume you're doing on your legs and increase the volume you're doing on your upper body. It'll even things out a little bit. Um, but I would also say that I don't think a lot of people actually build as much muscle on their legs as they think. I've worked with a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is you, so this is not me calling you out because I've never seen you. So, um, But take this into consideration. It's either not true, toss it out, and go with my first recommendation, less volume in your legs, more volume in your upper body, or consider this and maybe tweak some things. But I've worked with a lot of people that have said that to me, and really they're just not actually in a calorie deficit losing body fat, mm-hmm. and therefore they store more body fat on their legs so they're like, man, I'm getting stronger, my squat's going up, and my legs are getting bigger. And it's like, well, you're actually not dieting properly, so you're not losing body fat. So if you're storing more body fat, it's going to go to your legs. If you're not storing more and you're just stuck here, you're noticing your legs because that's your problem area. So you just happen to notice it more often, and that's causing you to think that you can't lose weight there. It's just that you're not progressing on the scale, period. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the same thing with me, man, Like, but the opposite. So when I was like in the midst of my bulk, I could still see separation of my quad. Like if I flex my quad, I could see the muscles specifically defined. Like I didn't, like my glutes were still super hard. I don't like store fat on my glutes or my legs, but I couldn't see a single ab. There was no ab in sight, right? Like my forearms looked jacked, but my gut didn't, you know? So where's my problem area? My stomach. So if, if I didn't know better, I'd probably say like I, like I, bulk of my my gut too much or it's hard and it's really just like i just need to go to calorie deficit that's evolutionary speaking physiologically speaking that's where my body stores body fat because i'm a male and it's common spare tire that's just where you store fat um that's why they call it that and then they call with women it's like a pear shape right they store it on their hips oh yeah why is that well it's because that's where your reproductive organs are if we look at evolution the the primary reason for those organs is to reproduce in mankind cannot go forward if women are not having babies plain and simple Mm. without you doing that 
we don't exist, right? Back then, and this is not me being an anthropologist or anything, but <laughs> back then, uh, men's most vital organs and important things in life were all around their stomach, their organs, their liver, their kidney, the things that if you take those out, I'm dead. Now I can't hunt. I can't uh, fend for food, fish, forage for plants, all that kind of stuff. That's so it's survival. You know what I mean? That's what at least historians and stuff say. That's why our bodies store that way. Is it true? Who knows? Really? Um, my guess would be that it is true. It makes a <laughs> hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I would think heart, but you know, that's just me. I would think that too, but, um, you take your liver out. You can, you can live your kidney. You can yeah. live, but okay. Let's look at that. Where do men store more muscle than women? Dude, you're the nutritionist. Chest. Okay. You know, we don't, luckily we don't store fat there, but as much, but we store a lot of muscle there, right? And on our back, like right on our lats. So, and maybe that's a big case for it too, you know? Um, Obviously we also have to do shit with our arms to hunt and everything, but I think that um, with our upper body, but I think a lot of that might stem from the same thing. Cause I would agree. I mean, the heart's gotta be, (laughs) it's up there. (laughs) pretty fucking important. you take your heart out i yeah. think you're living you're, bro. you're done um but that's i mean essentially that's kind of like what they you know that's what their their whole thing was is that um and it makes sense to me but but i think the the point with that is is you might not just be losing weight period yeah not dieting effectively a lot of times if people uh like i don't like when people are like oh i want to lose fat or, or like I want my legs to be smaller so I'm going to stop training and they need to lose fat because a lot of times I'm like, no, keep training your legs because then we're bringing blood flow to your legs. You're building muscle in your legs, which is going to help us lose weight in your legs, um, especially if we – like there is some research. This is where you get like kind of nitty-gritty. It's like 50-50. Is it true? Maybe. There is some evidence, but you can't rely on it too much. But if you bring blood flow to a certain area and then do cardio, for example, there was a study that showed more fat loss in that area. So if I did a bunch of, like I wanted to lose weight on my quads, right? Or in the study they did on their abs, I do a bunch of sit-ups and crunches, things like that. They're going to bring blood flow to my core and then I do my cardio Mm. and then I burn more. There's more lipolysis, which is the process of losing fat in that area. So one could argue like, no, keep doing those. So you keep bringing blood flow to the area. And then when you're dieting and doing cardio, you'll lose weight there. Might be splitting hairs, but the, the other side of it that's 100% true is if I was like, hey, are you going to do a 20-pound dumbbell curl or you're going to throw a 200-pound bar on your back and do some box squats? What do you think burns more calories? Probably, I don't know, a box squat? Most likely. Yeah. Sounds way fucking harder. Yeah. Full body, a lot of weight. Not just curls, yeah. Not just curls. <clears throat> so if we take your legs out of the portion or take more of your leg training out because we're, we don't want to build muscle there, we're taking a large caloric expenditure out of your training. Totally. So that's where I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to even if you think you build more muscle there because if you do have more strength in that area, we can lower your volume maybe a little bit to avoid muscle growth, but we can't remove leg training that much because that's a source of burning a lot of calories. You know what I mean? So... um that's a big component too. So um, there's a lot there. I think that uh, the easy answer is lower your volume in your legs, increase in your upper body if you really have to, but be careful and make sure that it's not just a dieting or an overall fat loss thing yeah. that we're after right now. Totally. Good answer. All right, next one comes from uh, Rachel, refined by fire. Ooh, I like that. I'm five weeks into a cut. <clears throat> Excuse me. My, I'm five weeks into a cut. My measurements keep going down, but my weight hasn't changed in four weeks. Is this normal? Um. Yes, it's normal. I think like 
We should probably follow that up with like, why is it happening? Yeah. Right. Like, um, so first things first for anybody listening to this, that's going through this. If, if the measurements are going down and you like what you are seeing and the scale is not cooperating, who gives a shit? End of story. End of story. You're, you're going down a pant size. You're looking better in the mirror. Who cares what the mirror's doing? The mirror. I did. Uh, I'm sorry. The scale. scale. <laughs> Thank you. I had a conversation with a client about this recently where we had to reverse diet, bring calories up. Um, they have a pretty specific goal and long story short, their job kind of depends on them looking a certain way. Okay. So pressure from a coach perspective, like I can't fuck this up yeah. <laughs> because your career depends on it, which means my job depends on it. Um, but they needed to reverse. They were eating too little. They were doing too much cardio, not doing enough strength training. So we've done a lot of changes, right? Which would probably push the scale up. You know, we're eating more food, more water, more training, more muscle, all less these cardio. things, less cardio. But we did it right. And uh, and we had a conversation of the week because the scale has gone up two pounds since we started. And her question was pretty simple. Like, I trust you. I just want to make sure we're still on the right path. We're up two pounds. You know, and I was like, cool film a video for her on my screen, pull up week one before pictures. And I pulled up, I think we're on like week 10 or 11 or something like that. Now pictures and just showing the contrast difference of you two pounds heavier, yet everything is leaner, tighter. There's more definition. Like just like it, it's a clear. And that was cool for me because I always, I really work hard to make sure clients can disassociate their identity or the, the power of the scale on their mm-hmm. outcome, right? Your outcome and the scale are two different things. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. They're not together. Although a lot of people see a visual of what they want to achieve and I they think. go, I'm probably 130 pounds there. So that's my goal. Yeah. Right. And I think, no, 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 like that's the vision is your goal. The scale is just a tool we'll use to get there. Whether it's going to tell you you're there or not. I had a conversation with, I think it was, I just did an interview uh, for, for Jared's podcast, Jared Hamilton. And uh, we were talking about this and I said, like, you'll talk to clients and, and you'll say like, Okay, so you want to be 130 pounds. We're going to use that same example. What does that look like to you? And they'll explain to, to you what it looks like. You know, like I'm, um, I'm a couple pants size down. I feel better in a bikini, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool. Okay, visualize that, picture that. Awesome. What if we could get you there, but it meant that you were actually 133 pounds, three pounds heavier than you want to be. And there's like a long pause, <laughs> like they're not okay with it. And it's like, that's the problem is, yeah. is like, you're so attached to this number that you won't even accept the outcome if the number doesn't come with it, which makes no sense because I could go in and Jimmy rig your scale and fuck it up. And what if you were, you know what I mean? And like you're happy, you're happy. That's, it's so wrong. But teaching people this with the side-by-side picture and me talking them through on video, like of my screen is perfect because yeah. you can see that. And it was that moment where it's like, fuck, you're right. I love it. Like I, I can see it myself. And I'm two pounds heavier. So you're right. Like the scale doesn't matter. And it's like, yeah, you're building muscle. You're eating more food. Your stress is better managed. You're retaining good weight. Like that's, that's what we want. So, um, so for, for you, I think it's Rachel or Rochelle, you said, um, yep. she, for you, it's very similar to that exact situation. It's just that you're in the process of cutting and you're probably doing all the right things during this cut that you may not have been doing right prior. Right. So I've seen a lot of people who, this is technically a recomp and that's, that's great. And a lot of times that happens because, you know, it, it, even like when I started this diet, like if you look at my lifestyle and the way I manage stress, the way I take supplements, the way I diet, the way I train, 
it's it's above average. It's pretty locked in, right? But when I started week one on this diet, there was a lot of things that I was like, oh, I actually wasn't drinking enough water. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not getting as much sleep as I thought. So let me just like set my alarm 30 minutes later. I can get a little bit more sleep. Let me uh, let me make sure I actually weigh that because I just eyeball that one. I weigh a lot of my food, but I always eyeball the steak, which I love steak. So I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like six ounces and it's 12 and that's an extra 10 grams fat, let's say. Not literally, but that's a lot, huge yeah. difference. <laughs> or like I said on the other podcast we recorded where it was like, oh, there's leftover steak. Yeah, <laughs> I'll eat it and I yeah. just don't track it, yeah. you know, because I'm just like, oh, it's just steak, whatever, you know, but that adds up. So yeah. I think like um, little things like that tighten up and then you experience a recomp partially because you're sleeping better, you're recovering better, you're training harder, you're more hydrate. Like all these little things are adding up because once you start a diet, it's kind of like a mindset thing. It's why I do my greens drink in the morning. It's oh. like this just gets me into like, health like mm-hmm. i'm ready to go this is starting with a healthy habit um so you're probably just experiencing a lot of those things it's totally normal i've had a lot of people go through that there's nothing wrong with it um the the when you want to to change something because of it is when you get you said you're four weeks in so let's say you get six eight ten i don't know how many weeks it could be next week by the time you, it could have been last week by the time you listen to this because you asked the question a couple weeks ago but by the time you get to week five or six, let's say, if you're still at that same weight, but measurements are no longer going down, uh, biofeedback is no longer improving. Maybe it's static or decreasing, or the scale is still not going down in whatever it is, like all the things that we want to be improving. If not enough of them are still improving, now it's time to adjust. So right now your your measurements are going down. Some of the other metrics aren't, but we know your measurements are going down. It means you're losing fat. But if that stops happening and your weight's still not going down, at that point, you that's where I'm it. like, address it. So I would probably, usually a, a diet manipulation that's safe to advise is like 5% calorie reduction. So take your calories, times it by 5%, so 0.05, and adjust that amount downward from either carbs or fat. Yeah. So 5% of your calories from carbs or fat, take it away. That's your adjustment go if you don't see a drop within two weeks drop another five percent and basically follow that until you see a consistent trend down totally five percent is a very small adjustment so you won't see a crazy change sometimes you don't see a change at all but it's a safe adjustment for me to say on a podcast without knowing the person because it's not a huge drop but it's a drop significant enough for most people to make some kind of change gotcha dude it's sad it's crazy it's wild but like how many people and I guess including myself when when you're conscious about it, but like having that expectation or that worry about the number on the scale, what, literally, like what what if your scale is a pound or two off? What if you are two pounds lighter than what you really are? But you're like you said, Jimmy rig your yeah. thing. What if nobody Jimmy rigged it? But it's just fucked up. It's a shitty scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, I don't care. It's it's a mechanical device. Yeah. Well, and that's why I always tell people with body fat scanners. Like, I'm glad all this research came out on, like, how inaccurate they are. Because people get so attached to their body fat percentage. I'm like, who gives a fuck what the percentage well, is? What if it's wrong? It could be. They're all wrong. Body <laughs> fat scanners especially. Okay. But the important thing is, like, so, for example, I, I weigh myself every single day because I'm on a cut, right? And we take a weekly average. I really could care less. My scale could be five pounds off. I don't give a shit as long as it's five pounds off every day. You know what I mean? Because yeah. all I really want to see is the trend the going down yeah. slowly. Yeah. If it is, I'm losing body fat. Yeah. I don't care how much I weigh. I don't walk in up to anybody and they're like, hey, what's your name? How much do you weigh? Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's not how you determine if I'm a good person. Like, yeah. And I think nowadays, dude, like I'm, now that I have a daughter, I'm like hyper aware of it. Like even 
right now with what I say about because I mean I'm not a I'm a recreational bodybuilder. I'm into this shit, you know. So, I, but I'm careful with like saying things about my macros or like like I know what I'm eating, but I don't talk about like to Shannon in front of her like you know like oh that's not too much of this or not, you know what I mean like. Me and her know what I eat and we just leave it that way because I don't want Blakely to hear too many things and then have an eating disorder totally. because she thinks that I'm OCD about my diet totally. but doesn't realize I'm a bodybuilder and a coach. And yeah. I also drink a bunch of wine, eat a bunch of cheese on the weekend and don't track any of that and things like that, you know? So it's, dude, it's crazy. Social media, like, I mean, even like it, it, some of it bugs me. Like, there, look, there's there's some procedures that I think are totally fine to do. Oh, like, here we go. Yeah, this is this is a rant. Like, there's there's some things that you know what? It's totally fine. Like, I know I I have I have friends in uh, who are women or friends who have wives and stuff who have boob jobs, lip jobs, Botox, things like that. Whatever. It, I don't care. To me, it's when you when you change your appearance to the point where you don't look like yourself, and you're influencing young women. Yeah to do it because that's how they become, that's where I get like really like not offended. I don't even know. I just get angry. I just like, it doesn't make sense to me because I have a daughter now. I don't want my daughter to be 16 and think she needs plastic surgery because she saw somebody on Instagram who has it and says that that's why they're pretty. You know what I mean? Like I, I, uh, Shannon was watching something the other day. It's very, very high likely that that it's going to happen. I'm going to have, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have that talk with her guaranteed. I walked in the other day and uh, the Kardashians were on the screen. I don't know if it was a commercial or whatever. I literally was like, who's that? And she's like, uh, Chloe. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's crazy. Because I haven't seen what she, I don't follow them. I don't yeah. see what she looks like. But that's, and she sells products and workout plans and all these like things. And I'm like, see, that's where I'm like, come on. Like, that's not what that is. No. You know, like, and shit. I've said a bunch of times, I want veneers. Yeah. Like, that's a procedure. Is that's it? Fake teeth. Oh, it is. I thought yeah. it was just like laser. On, I mean, that's just cleaning your like that's bleaching your teeth. Oh yeah, that's veneers what I mean. is where like they. Sh- I think they shave down your teeth, and they basically put like a fake tooth cap over oh. it, so they're like perfect. Gotcha. I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. squared off, yeah, Mr. Clean, bright as fuck. <laughs> Some people they uh, get them like too big, and then they look like. Uh, remember Jim Carrey in the mask? Oh yeah, where he has those huge teeth. Yeah. They look like that. Um, if anybody watches Jersey Shore, I still watch the the new one every once in a while because I used to love Jersey Shore when I was really young when it first came out. Yeah, that came out a long time ago, dude. Looking yeah. back, it's, they've been around for over a decade. But Ronnie got <laughs> Ronnie got veneers, and they're like big, <laughs> like it's like whoa, bro, like <laughs> to the point where Vinny and Pauly D were like making fun of him on TV. <laughs> I was crying, but but no, like I tell Shannon, she she always gives me shit, and she says that's a waste of money. Don't do it. Your teeth are fine, but. I always, I was, I'm like, I want veneers because they're so fucking white. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. But, and that's procedure. So some of it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying that to cover my ass. I don't want people to think I'm talking shit about it because there's plenty of things that like I have friends and family and people that, that do and use. I just get like worked up when I see some of the like famous. Yeah. And like pushing it hard with like. In I a mean, negative sense. In a negative sense. Chloe has her butt, her boobs, her face, her cheeks, her forehead, her nose, like everything. Yeah. And like. I get so worried about Blakely with that kind of shit, you know, and I work with a lot of women who do, we've started coaching and they're, I'm like, okay, so like, when did you start trying to diet? When I was 13. I'm like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Like, w- what did that look like? And they explained to me, I'm like, God damn, like that is way too young yeah. to be doing those things. I've had parents and people ask me like, if we'll coach their kids and 
I say yes. Like, there's high schoolers we work stuff. Nobody's tracking macros before they're 18. Yeah. And I'm a huge proponent of macros. You yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> but you're under 18. There's no reason to track macros. Very rarely if you're under 21. Yeah. Honestly, I think there's, there's some, like, 19, 20, 21-year-olds that we've worked with that do it that are going to school for training and nutrition. It's like, yeah, of course. You're, you're learning. That's why you're doing this. But I think there's this diet culture and this... I don't even know what an influencer culture or whatever it is, yeah. man, it's, it's scary. It's scary. And I don't mean to like bring it to like that level on this podcast, but uh, now that I have a daughter, I just feel like I'm super aware totally. of all that shit. And it's, it's fucking scary, man. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. Next one comes from R- Robbie ass, Robbie ass, <laughs> Robbie ass. <laughs> Reminds me of a, uh, one of those commercials. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Every man in America did that when they answered the phone to their friend for a long time. What's up? I feel like I heard my dad doing that all the time. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> going back and forth. It was totally. like on a scary movie. Yes. You're going back and yeah. forth. Like, fucking hilarious. So they ask, what made you change your coach? Um, Variation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You I always think, do. Not always, but well, it depends on I what mean, your it, definition I, I always think, is. But I think people got to realize too. Like, I worked with Eric Trexler for fourteen months. <laughs> like, that's a long time for yeah. one coach. So I prepaid for a year and then worked two two months after that with him. But it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, like I, I hired him because I was like, I had him and like a couple other people in mind. He was the first person I reached out to. We clicked, and I was like, dope, let's do this. I want to pay for a year so I'm just locked in and I just I'm committed to this goal of trying to build muscle which I know means I'm going to gain weight and a little bit of fat but if I commit to the year and I just go all in I'll accept it and I'll do it and I'm glad I did because I put on 15 or 16 pounds in that year of between 2019 and 2020 which is a lot of fucking weight as an advanced lifter um, and we finished that and then it was time to go into a cut and we spent two months together cutting. And then I basically was like, hey, dude, like life stress, work is crazy uh, in a good way, but we changes growth. I'm moving. I got to pause this. Like, and I was like, I'm just gonna go to maintenance. And he knows I'm a coach. And he was just like, cool, dude, like, you know what to do. Yep. Go to maintenance. If, if you want to hit me up for the cut, let me know. If you want to take it on your own, just pick my brain for advice along the way. I'm good for that, too. Um, so my original plan was to just do it myself and then I would just hit him up every once in a while. Cause we kind of just, I mean, he introduced me to Brandon Roberts, who's our CSO now. So we built enough of a relationship where it would just be like every once in a while, you're like, here's my progress photo. This is what I was going to do. What's your opinion? Just get an external opinion from him. Um, but when it came down to push and shove, like stress was managed, things were going smoothly. My schedules opened up a lot with just like delegating and reorganizing what I'm doing. I was like, let's get after it. And I was like, I just, would much rather have a coach. So it was like, do I tell him I want to work with him again or do I find somebody else? And at the time I was like, I just want to find somebody else to learn from. Mm-hmm. I think it's as simple as that, you know. Um, working with Trexler for a year taught me a ton. He's probably one of the smartest dudes in the industry. He's, I would say, primarily a researcher and a creator and then he's a coach. He does work with people, but like if you're not following him for just his content and his, like what he puts out in the research, you definitely should. Yeah. Mass research review. He's one of the researcher writers there. Probably the one I read the most from, cause he does majority of the supplement nutrition research papers in mass him and Eric Helms. But 
Um, but yeah, and it was just one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm going to find somebody new. Uh, Jackson Pias was on my list. Uh, I had him on the podcast. We talked a bit afterwards, like over a, probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like the dude. I think it was last February. Yeah. I, I think this is one of those things too where it's like this. Okay, so like I'm going to get a new coach, somebody I respect and I want to learn from. So I had him and a couple other people that were in my mind. Um, and it ultimately came down to at that point, who do I like, like relate to the most to where there's a level of accountability, you know, like I think that if you're looking at two coaches and they both have the same credentials, both have the same price, like, what do I do? Go with the one that you either respect more or you relate to more because subconsciously you're going to be more accountable to that person totally. because they're checking in with you. Yeah. You're checking with them. You want to be a great testimonial or transformation for them, for them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, and there's just a lot of random shit. Like he's young. So he's, I think he's actually younger than me by like a year or two. Mm-hmm. So we're similar age skateboarders. Fucking, I used to love Dragon Ball Z when I was a kid. He that loves was, that shit. He fucking, he's on another level. Yeah. But he loved Dragon Ball Z and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's dope. Like I used to fucking love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, there's little things that I related to him with and he's fucking jacked. Yeah. He's like, wouldn't mind looking as jacked as you. I relate to a lot and you actually put out research. I think that's probably the, from the respect side of things, he's now probably one of the leading researchers and one of my favorite topics. Mm diet breaks mm. he's like the leading guy in diet break research and mm. if there's anything i talk about quite a bit over the last five years it's refeeds and diet breaks yeah and every time a new study comes out I, i'm immediately like let's dive into it let's talk about it so that was definitely and even with eric uh he was the leading researcher on metabolic adaptation uh. so like two topics that i'm like really interested in so i think i gravitate towards their stuff a little bit more but Ultimately, I think the biggest lessons there, like you should learn from different people over the course of your fitness journey or the course of your career. Um, but it, you should always finish a goal with who you're with. So by no means would I have switched coaches uh, if I didn't already finish the bulk or I was taking a break from everything on purpose. Like I didn't take a break knowing I was going to hire Jackson. I just took a break because I needed it for my life. Totally. And then when things opened up again, it was different. But I spent a whole entire year on one specific goal with him, build as much muscle as possible in 12 months, right? If I got six months in and was like, oh, I'm going to go to a different coach and keep doing the same thing, it would have been way less productive and I would have spent wasted time because they'd have to read, they'd have to learn my body and how I respond and what I'm, my lifestyle's like. It's unproductive. Totally. So commit enough time for a single goal with a person and then switch only after you've accomplished that goal is my opinion. Yeah. Totally. Hey. Do you want quick, easy, and fast fat loss? So fast that it'll happen in 30 days and maybe all you have to do is take a pill? Well, you're shit out of luck because it's not going to happen. It takes hard work and patience, which is one of the reasons why I love Legion Supplements. They are open and honest about their marketing. And on the front page, they tell you that supplements don't overrule training and nutrition, but they do supplement a good diet and a good training program. So if your training's dialed in, your nutrition is on point, and you want to get that upper edge and take things to the next level to get the best results possible for your body and performance, check out Legion and save 20% today by heading to buylegion.com slash boom boom. Now, let's get back to the episode. All right, the next one comes from It's Johnny Gaming. I have I am having issues balancing life, work, and school while being a new father. Johnny do Bananas. Any, do you have any tips, Cody? I have a lot of tips. Um, 
I, I have a lot of thoughts. Thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I don't want to act like I'm an expert here because I'm not. But but you've um, been through a little bit of that. I have. Um, I was a few things on that. Like the first thing would be you're probably harder on yourself than you need to be about it. Um, I think that you know, partially being an entrepreneur, a father, somebody who. And I mean this in the best way possible is never satisfied. I'm never, I always want more. I was always really, I've actually just started giving myself grace with this, but like I've always been really hard on myself about like not being there enough for my family and stuff like that. Um, Because raising a kid's hard, you know, and, and, you know, if I see Shannon having a bad day or a rough day, I immediately put it on myself as like, I should be here more to help, you know, or if I miss something, that's my fault, you know, like things like that. And that's not always the case. It's it's reality. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's got to do what I do. And it wasn't until really fucking recently when my, we moved into the new house, my dad came over and he said what he said about like his work schedule, like from the point I was born till I was uh, like young teen, but like gone to work before I woke up home after I went to bed and my mom woke me up and put me to bed basically. And like hearing that, I was like, fuck, actually I'm killing it. Yeah. Like, did you mention that to Shannon? He, he, he was saying it to both of us. Okay, okay. <laughs> he was over having a drink with us, and he was just, I don't remember what we were talking about. He was just talking about this life and childhood, and we were sharing stories, and he he just kind of brought up that. I think we were talking about business. We were talking about, like, me and blah, blah, and then he was talking about when he ran a company, which he was the president of a company, so he didn't own it. But but it's just crazy because it's like, damn, actually, I'm, I should probably give myself some grace. Like, I am crushing it, you know? And I think that... That's one tip. Don't be so hard on yourself. The other tip is maximize the time you do have. So, like, when I get home, I literally grab Blakely. I walk right downstairs to the basement, which is her toy room, and I just fucking play, right? The only time I take out my phone is if she's doing something hilarious, and I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of this and put it on my story or something. And she actually likes talking to the camera now, so it's funny. But, like, yesterday, uh, came home, threw out a big sheet in the yard, and she has this, like, big sand bucket, and we just sat there, and she's just building sand castles and shit, like, just hung out. She didn't stop and go, damn, dad, I only got three hours with you today. Yeah. I got eight with mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, she's not counting. Yeah. She doesn't know how, but. Um, well, when she knows that you do have it, or when she does get that time, she has that time. That's all that matters, yeah. right? She, uh, and that's like one thing I've told people too, is like, they're not counting the hours you spend week to week. They're just remembering the time that was spent. Yeah. So if you spend that time stressing about school, stressing about work, texting, DMing, doing whatever, they're going to remember that. You know, like, I think that's the big thing. Um, I mean, there's there was even one time where she literally told me to put it away. Like, in her own words, my phone. And I was like, damn, that's fucked. <laughs> she recognized it. She recognized it. And that's yeah. a bad sign. Yeah. And at that, the, that I, was I, like I, over I, a year ago. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah. yeah, it was. And now, like, the only time I take it out is like, well, I, I, I sent you a video, right? Because yeah. I was talking about Blippy or something. Yeah. And she wants to just, like, lay down because she's tired from playing. Oh. We'll sit on the couch. And she wants yeah. to watch Blippy. And I hate Blippy. It was like kids playing Play-Doh. Oh, no, that's what it was. Yeah. I don't get it. They want to watch other kids playing with things. I'm like, Blakely, you have a Play-Doh station right there. <laughs> the The table with the, the different, like, stencils so we can make things out of play. Like, let's play. Yeah. No, you want to watch other kids play. <laughs> play but so when she's tired and laying on me, I'll pull out my phone and play with it and stuff. But um, 
but yeah, just just I, I think like just remembering that it's it's about the time you spend, not how much you time you spend. Like totally. like the what you're doing during that time. Um, life has sacrifices, so you got to look at your school. Like this guy's going to school and working and being a father, all this stuff. You got to look at the things that you're choosing to do: school, potentially work. I mean, you got to work, but what you're doing, stuff like that. And you have to weigh out the sacrifices that requires and decide if it's worth it, right? So for me, in order to do what I do, I understand that I have to spend more time than the average person doing the things I do. And because of that, I get less time at home. Because of that, I choose my Saturdays to just be spent with my family and not with friends and doing stuff. It's not that I don't want to hang out with my friends and go have drinks and barbecue and shit like that. I miss the shit out of all of them. But... I understand that there's a sacrifice I have to make, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean I never do it. It's just that, like, if it's just a random Saturday, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if it's, you know, like we were doing the, we tried to do it and then COVID hit, but, like, the barbecues once a month mm-hmm. here, stuff like that, like, 100%. Like, I'm, I'm all about it. But it's just knowing that, like, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to make the choice to do those kind of things that require a lot of time for yourself, then you have to make sacrifices elsewhere in your life to give back time to your child and your wife or your husband, whoever it is. That's important. Um, So it's like that sacrifice time, like balancing that scale. Um, So between having like giving yourself grace, maximizing the time you spend in that, man, I think it's really just, it's just that present time. Like that's the biggest thing. It's, it's definitely not fucking easy. Yeah. It's hard. Um, Nobody expects it to be easy. I think, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts or perspectives? Yeah, on I that? think that, I, I agree. I think when you do have that time, I'm not, I don't have any kids or anything, but I also think on the other spectrum, like you say, you only get three or four hours with your kid, but the other eight hours that you do spend at work, I, I just talked to Josephine last night or about this. Um, s- spend that time at work, working hundred and ten percent effort yeah. to be able to make the future so you don't get three hours with her for the for the next 45 years you get continuously get four hours then you get five hours the next thing you know you're at 55 years old retired and you get the whole day with her for the next 10 years yeah or yeah i hope a lot more than that but you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah i was just thinking like i am 31 years old right now if I was, this is what I said to her. I was like, if me and Cody work for the next 25 years, and I told her about uh, Anna Priscilla or whatever, and I was like, if we work at this for the next 25 years, right, and I am 55 years old, and I can have a vacation home, and we, we're working, you know, five months out of the year, so we can spend four more months or, you know, six months doing whatever we want, you know, like doing a month vacation in Italy or something, yeah. you know, at 50 years old. Yeah. My parents are 50 and my dad's retired kicking it. Yeah. And he's like, I get 30 more years of this yeah. until I'm crippled to, because I worked very, 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 yeah. very hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. That's that whole work now, Bre- play later thing. Breathe for 25 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, like what I mean by that is be patient and yeah. work extremely hard. Yeah. And, but, that, and that's the same principle as maximizing the time with her. It's for, I'm saying her, I don't know if he said his, he had a daughter or a son, but for me, it's her maximizing my time with Blakely. It's the same thing as maximizing my time here. Totally. So same that concept. I can do that there. And I think that like, you know, if I look, cause somebody, I made a post about like balancing and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah. the other day and somebody commented on it and basically was like, I completely disagree with you. And they said that like, you're not going to like, she's young. You're not going to get this time back. So I disagree. Like, that's valid, mm-hmm. you know, 
same time sacrifice yeah sacrifice so it, it, it's also a quality quality of life thing like totally. Because I do what I do, she gets a quality of life that she wouldn't get if I didn't do this. I also, so, like, I mean, there's value in that. And it's not about money. It's it's about being, like, her mom gets to stay with her all day. Yeah. Like, they're best friends. Like, yeah. that's that's huge. We have a neighborhood full of kids that she loves hanging out. Like, that stuff is important. A big backyard, that's important. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that stuff is huge. And what I do, going back to your point of maximizing your time here, even if, like, I have this list of shit to do. If I'm dicking around and scrolling through Instagram, doing all stuff that's really tempting to do while mm-hmm. you're working, especially when you don't like when for me, I work for myself. It's hard for me to like, I can't, you know, do anything else. Like, mm-hmm. but if I, if I avoid those things, I have discipline. And I just grind. I get everything on that to-do list done. When I go home, not only do I have the time with her, but I don't, I'm not thinking about shit. I didn't get done today. And I think that's for me, at least that that's the hardest part. If I don't get all my work done, it is so hard for me to remove it from my brain at night because I'm trying to think about how am I going to finish it faster tomorrow to be back on schedule and who do I need to send shit to and fuck, I forgot to do this. So to me, if you're planned, you're dialed in and you're taking your job or your school very fucking seriously and you're maximizing that time, you're not distracted later yep. when you're with them. Yep. I also want to make one comment about um, what whoever made that comment yep. about, you know, she's young, you don't get this time back. I do agree with that, but... At, on a on a s- s- different spectrum or on a scale, you, only time you're not getting back right now is eight to five on weekdays. Mm-hmm. Like wh- your kid is going to be at school, your kid's going to be in daycare no matter what. In this yeah. case, not she's with her mom, but it's not like you're only with her for three hours on the weekend on her birthday on you know yeah. these huge things. Those times you're not going to get back. Yeah. Those are the times that you're like, dude, I'm. I'm there. Yeah. You know, on Monday through Thursday from eight to five, when she's growing as a child, like, yeah, she's going to do other stuff anyway. Yeah. And, and trust me when I say too, like, and you know this, if there's something going on that's important on a Tuesday, I'm home. Yes. I'm staying there. I'll yeah. work tonight when yeah. she goes to bed. I don't yeah. give a fuck. But I mean, shit, when I was talking to my dad, it's the same thing, right? The, like the person like, on Instagram that made that comment doesn't know that. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. I don't share every piece of my life, Yeah, but and, and, and again, like I, I even said, like, I totally respect your opinion. Like I totally. get where you're coming from. Totally. Um, and, and I can personally relate to that because that, that was my dad. But also my dad took work trips. He did golf tournaments on the weekend. So like he was even like, he was like, sometimes I got to soccer games. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was pr- pretty limited. That's you know? times you don't get back. Exactly. And, and he owns it. And he's like, I regret it so fucking much because I miss so much. His mindset at That's the sad. time, I didn't know this. I was young, but later on I could appreciate that he thought he was doing the right thing because to him, he wasn't going to get a divorce. To him, he's like, I'm going to do this now so that I can, like you said, so I can yeah. play later and open this time. It's just he went too all in and it ruined things. Yeah. I don't even want to say he ruined the, the relationship, but they ended up splitting up. Yep. Probably was an added stressor to it. There you go. And uh, and it didn't go to the point because by the time that happened, he was like, fuck this job. And he quit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I want time with my kids. So it bit him in the ass. But I think for me, what people wouldn't know either is I worked seven days a week. Like I was at the gym Monday through Saturday. So I had one day off from the gym, but I was trying to build my online business in the morning. So I worked from morning till night, literally. Pre-coat. And right. then I was working on the weekends to prepare content and shit for my online business throughout the week and programming for my clients that I'd seen the gym. So I literally was working seven days a week. When I quit the gym, I finally took Sundays off, mm-hmm. right? It was like, okay, now I'm just back to Saturday through Monday. Shannon accepted that. And I would have nights off with her and stuff. Cause I would like, okay, I'm going to put things away after dinner, you know? 
And then by the time we had Blakely, it was like, okay, now I'm, I'm done at five. Like, I'll be done at five. I got to work a little bit on Saturday or Sunday. I got to get some shit done. And then eventually it was like, no more weekends at all. Always done by five. So it's getting better, mm-hmm. but that's what it takes. Yeah. It's, that's the requirement. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think it's a, I don't remember the guy's name who asked the question, but it's. What's up? It's, oh, that uh, was the coach. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Gaming. Johnny Gaming. <laughs> um, it's it's not easy, man. It's it is it's hard, and it's uh, it's going to be a work in progress. Like as long as you're making progress, I think the overall theme of that one is probably going to be just like just be present. The the things that you do with them are what they remember. Like the times you make them laugh and shit like that. You know, yep. that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Totally. All right. Let's go on to the uh, next one is from Jen Johnston. It says, I would love to know your thoughts on individuals who seem to thrive on high carbs, like over 300 grams a day. Wow. I have been reading more and more about what seems to be a nationwide rise in insulin resistance. I understand that this varies and is largely dependent on a person's state of health and lifestyle. Do you know of any adverse effects of a healthy, active individual eating that many amount of carbs okay i will say this let's reframe that question do i know of any adverse effects from a a healthy active individual eating a higher carb diet absolutely not zero adverse effects it's totally healthy in fact it's probably preferred because your brain your body most of the things that are metabolically active at a high level muscle tissue they all require carbohydrates in a great amount in order to Protein is needed. Fats are needed in minimal amounts to just support hormones and a little bit of health. And then from there, you just need carbs. So if you're active and you're doing things that warrant the use of carbs, a high-carb approach is not only uh, not going to have any adverse effects, it's probably recommended. You're probably going to have higher health benefits. And in general, if you think about like, okay, being active and having energy and having good digestion, all those things increase longevity. I'd actually argue that higher carb approach is going to improve longevity indirectly as well. Um, here's the thing. Yes, there is a nationwide rise of insulin resistance, but there is also a constant decade after decade rise in obesity. The number one cause of insulin resistance is obesity. It's being overweight and, and consuming high amounts of food. Carbohydrates spike insulin the most, but protein spikes insulin, fat spikes insulin, calories spike insulin. Insulin is not a bad thing. It's not the boogeyman. It's not going to stop you from losing weight. It's, it's actually very anabolic. So I purposely like to have carbs in every meal because it's promoting muscle growth. It's, it's an anabolic hormone. It sends more amino acids in the bloodstream. It fights catabolic hormones like cortisol. It's, it's like, think about it like this. A bodybuilder's job is to be as shredded as possible and as jacked as possible, meaning you want as much muscle and as low fat as possible. Bodybuilders who are taking drugs, so non- natural they inject insulin into their body because their body's not producing enough insulin so if insulin was the cause of obesity why would ripped bodybuilders be injecting it into their body they're not the reason this is happening is because they're tying correlations together so insulin is high in the nation carbohydrates cause insulin to spike let's correlate that right what can i sell in the media to promote a low-carb diet to fight obesity. Ketogenic supplements, products, foods, recipes, coaching, all that kind of shit, which is really big right now, and it's been big for a while. Intermittent fasting, which is 
all over the market. And even though you can't sell fasting, you can sell protocols, you can sell diet books, you can sell fasting groups and challenges, and they do. So I think that it's it's one of those things where these companies, like there's like people like, uh, I think it's Dr. Jason Fung and people like that, where they, they sell these intermittent fasting books and protocols and people with these ketogenic stuff, they're pushing it so hard because it's a way to market. When if you look at people who promote ketogenic diets who are actually smart and really, really intelligent and doing it for the right reason, not only do they not sell any ketogenic products, they don't say that it's a magic trick for obesity. Totally. They just say that they prefer a ketogenic diet. Um, like Do- Dr. Uh, Dominic Augustino, which he would be a great guest to get on the podcast, but he he's a keto promoter, but he's a doctor, like a, an actual doctor. Like, um, like a family physician? Yeah, like I mean, he's like, I'm pretty, I don't know if he's a family physician, but yes, he's like doing actual doctor things. Not just like, not that our Brandon's not a doctor, but he's a researcher. Yeah. So he has a doctor in front of his name. It's a little bit different. Not as much application for like medicine and medical purposes. Well, he'll talk about ketogenic diet originally is to help uh, disease, cancer control, seizures and epilepsy and things like that. But they used it also for a way to train Navy SEALs to be able to hold their breath longer underwater, mm. which is crazy. But that's a completely different application. So he's like, yeah, we use ketogenic diets for all these different reasons. I do it because I enjoy more bacon and fatty foods and I get lean on it because it helps me control my calories, right? He's not saying carbs bad. In fact, he talks about his wife does horrible with a ketogenic diet. She's Italian, eats a bunch of pasta and she feels better, and has more energy with carbs. So that's a person who is promoting science, not promoting keto, um, but my point with it is, is, is carbs aren't the reason for obesity. Insulin isn't the reason for obesity. Carbs do spike insulin more than the other nutrients. However, it's not the cause of insulin resistance. It is, again, bodybuilders are a perfect example of that. And even CrossFitters and people who are consuming high, high amounts of carbohydrates and staying really lean, they don't have insulin resistance, but they're using those carbs. So obesity is the cause of insulin resistance and if you have insulin resistance, it can be helpful to go on a low-carb diet to reverse that, but carbs weren't the reason you got there. That's the biggest take-home here. Now, as far as like 300 grams, it's all relative. You know, when I'm on my maintenance plan, like I'm consuming anywhere between 375 to 400 grams of carbs a day. And I'm not a huge person, but for me to just maintain weight or gain really slowly, that's usually about where I sit at. Um, I started my cut with 298 grams of carbs. So basically 300 grams of carbs. Technically it was 298, but around up or down, you know, mm-hmm. but that's 300 grams of carbs. Like you said, I'm 175 pounds on a cut. That's not that crazy, but that's a good amount of carbs. Like, and that's where we started. We just dropped my carbs down to 360 something, but that was a pretty high starting point for, for a diet. Like I'm trying to lose fat and I was consuming 300, I'm sorry, 260 something. I was like, wait, that's- you're looking at me weird. I'm like, what's wrong with that math? Um, <laughs> It went from 298 to 260 something. There you go. But 300 grams to 265, I think it was, basically if we're rounding. That's a good amount of carbs, but it's all relative, right? I've dieted people who started their diet at 400 grams and we dropped to 360 grams during a deficit because for their activity, their body, their size, that's what they needed. I've also had people who were maintaining on 200 grams and we dropped to 160. So it all depends. Like this 300 gram person, how much do they weigh? How old are they? What does their training look like? How much do they move? How much do they sleep? You know, like, it's so hard to say. It's all relative. Yeah, a lot of but variables. The big take home point that I want everybody to know is like it, carbs aren't the devil. Like I just did that post that the high carb. Yeah. I mean, I didn't just do it. It was a while ago, but the swipe one. Like 
that did really well because it's it's crushing all those facts. Yeah. I really like those ones because I put the studies in there so people can't argue. I'm waiting for somebody to debate me and nobody can debate me. I had somebody reach out to me and say that they posted something similar, but they had a bunch of these RDs, registered dietitians, kind of attack them about protein demands. And she was she was basically like thanking me for posting it. And I was like, people won't argue with me because I, I literally put quotes from the studies in the graph. Yeah, I saw that. So fucking debate me. Yeah. That's science. Like yeah. you're going off of old textbooks from your college class that is decades old. Like, no. But um, yeah, you're fine. Eat, eat carbs as much as you can. So as long as you're not gaining body fat and weight, you're not going to get insulin resistance. You're not eating too many carbs. Yeah. So Cool. All right, guys. Uh, that was the last question for the day. Um, remember to check out the Taylor Life Challenge uh, starting this next week. Yep. So, um, is it wh- where where are we at with this date one? Are we is it launching next week or is it going next week? Because this is either the last chance to sign up or last chance. Okay. This uh, this is uh, the thirtieth. Okay, so this is your last chance there. <laughs> We're well prepared, guys. Um, there's a link in the show notes. Sign up. Uh, it's completely fucking free, and we put a lot of stuff into this. So if you're listening right now and you want to join the challenge, there is two levels to this, level one, level two, and level three. Um, and uh, this is your last chance to jump in. Again, this is completely free. All we ask is that you actually take it seriously if you want to change your life. This is this is literally to improve your mindset to improve your positivity, your energy, your body, your resiliency, like everything. And uh, we're making it free because we just want to provide value. The only thing you need to do is is give us our email so we can send you the PDFs and all that stuff and uh, you can join the group. But to sign up, the link will be in the description of this podcast in the show notes. So check that out. Join the Tailored Life Challenge with us and uh, attempt to change your life.